Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can review the signs of emotional immaturity. And another question here is, is emotional immaturity a mental disorder? So answer this question by looking at the 10 signs that you are emotionally immature, and I'll answer the other question about the mental disorder toward the end of the video. So before I take a look at what it means to be emotionally immature, let's take a look at what it means to be emotionally mature. So emotional maturity is when somebody develops a balance between their intellect and external reality. Sometimes this is just referred to as integrity. This allows somebody to understand reality and craft a response to a situation without being influenced by either positive or negative emotions. There are, of course, other types of maturity. Just like emotional maturity, some of them are really not that well-defined. One of the constructs that is relatively well-defined would be physical maturity. It's fairly straightforward. It involves biological and structural development. Moving to one that's not so well-defined, we see social maturity. This is when someone is open to challenging the values of their parents, and beginning the development of their own ideals and ethics. So they're really discovering who they are as an individual, resolving identity issues. This doesn't necessarily mean a rejection of parental values, just a willingness to question them. Now, personality maturity is a little bit better defined than social maturity. We see here with personality maturity, this is how stable one's personality profile is. And usually this is measured by looking at the rank order of the big five personality traits. We call this the five-factor model of personality theory. I remember the five factors through the acronym OCEAN, openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. The emotional stability component of emotional maturity is actually measured by one of the five-factor model traits, neuroticism. And the other traits capture different aspects of emotional maturity as well. Higher personality maturity is an indicator of higher emotional and social maturity. So there's a bit of overlap between these constructs. The concept of emotional intelligence overlaps with emotional maturity as well. So now moving to the 10 signs that you are emotionally immature. So just because somebody has one or more of these signs doesn't mean they're emotionally immature for certain. These signs are just associated with being emotionally immature. Now, when the signs clearly line up with a personality trait, I'll indicate that as I go through these signs. So sign number one of emotional immaturity is a lack of empathy. This is measured typically on conscientiousness and agreeableness. Empathy is when somebody can cognitively understand how somebody else is feeling emotionally, and they can communicate that understanding to that person. Somebody who's emotionally immature either doesn't have this ability, so they don't have the ability to empathize, period, or they don't want to use the ability. Sign number two is overreaction to life circumstances, so a tendency to move toward chaos. This can also be thought of as an external locus of control. This is when somebody doesn't believe that they have any effectiveness in their own life. They believe they are really moved about by external circumstances, so kind of just blowing in the wind. They don't have any energy or propulsion of their own. So at this type of behavior, somebody's acting on their emotions. This is a type of impulsivity, typically measured on conscientiousness. Sign number three is failing to take responsibility and blaming others, usually thought of as part of conscientiousness. 
Somebody here is unable to differentiate their responsibilities from other people's responsibilities. So a person here may say, really, that no matter what happens, it's not their fault. So if they had a part in doing something wrong or they were totally responsible, either way, they don't have any ownership of it at all. This is really one level of emotional immaturity. To move it to a more intense expression, we would see this failure take ownership and blaming somebody else. Much of the time when we see someone who's emotionally immature, these two actions occur one right after the other. So they fail to take responsibility and immediately look for other people that they can blame. Sign number four is always going for immediate gratification. So we see here really a failure to plan ahead. This is also a type of impulsivity, but this type is measured on neuroticism. This is the inability to resist temptation. Another effect we see associated with this is if somebody's financially irresponsible. I've seen many examples of this in my clinical experience. A common situation where we see this type of behavior is when somebody wants to buy a particular product intended for recreation, like a video game, and they would be willing to pay $50 to a friend who could sell them that game right now, when they could wait a few weeks and get it from another friend for $10. Another indication using the same example would be if the friend that the person was going to buy the game from at the last minute raised the price to $100. The emotionally immature person would just pay the $100, right? So now there's a difference between $100 and $10, right? A $90 difference doesn't matter. They want it right now. Immediate gratification. Sign number five is self-centeredness. Now, one could think about self-centeredness as being an unwillingness to allow others to meet their needs at the expense of your own wants. Now, sometimes being self-centered aids in survival. Sometimes it's necessary. But that's not what I'm really talking about here. Rather, I'm talking about situations where people would really lose little or nothing by helping somebody else, but they can't see past their own desires. Whenever they're confronted with a situation, they ask themselves, how does this affect me? And they never ask themselves, how does this affect others? Sign number six is hostility. And this is usually measured on neuroticism. Somebody here is quick to anger. They have a pronounced hatred of other human beings and sometimes of society in general. They personally attack other people who disagree with them. So they have an inability or unwillingness to separate a person from an opinion. If somebody disagrees with them, that person is bad, foolish, or the other person is trying to maintain some sort of agenda. So we see kind of a low trust element here as well. That would be measured on agreeableness. Sign number seven is deception, and pathological lying would be an extreme version of this. Now, this is measured to some degree on agreeableness. There's a facet called straightforwardness, but there's not a lot of overlap there. Deception is really separate of the five-factor model for the most part. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi there. 
I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. So related to deception, we also see behaviors like criminality, so involving oneself in criminal acts, or manipulation. Sometimes people lie for money. That's emotionally immature, but lying to impress others is also strongly tied to emotional immaturity. This, of course, overlaps with narcissism, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Sign number eight is being unable to experience and understand deep feelings and needs. This is kind of similar to a lack of empathy, but here I'm really talking more about specifically being shallow. This is somewhat measured on the openness to experience trait. Sign number nine is difficulty setting boundaries. So looking at dependence here, for example, this is when somebody's unable to end or limit relationships that are unhealthy or damaging. Now, I'm not talking about situations where somebody's trapped financially or logistically, like some people are trapped in a marriage with somebody else who's destructive, but rather this is talking about when people have a clear way out of the destructive relationship and they fail to take action due to feelings of dependence. Sign number 10 is the individual has no room for growth. So they figured everything out. They know everything. They have every ability and skill. In a sense, this is like being cynical. Now, a person like this can still appreciate the fact that new information could come their way, that they could use to benefit themselves. But in terms of learning something like a new ability, learning something about society or life or the meaning of life or any of that, this individual has it all figured out. So again, there's really no room for personal development, only the addition of information that can be helpful to them. So those are the 10 signs. What about the other question? Is emotional immaturity a mental disorder? Well, it really depends on where you look. In the ICD, which is one classification manual for disorders, we see that there's a category called other specific personality disorders, and one of those types is the immature type. Not emotionally immature, but I think they're pretty similar. In the DSM, though, we have a different story, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which only looks at mental disorders. We see here there's no such thing as emotional immaturity personality disorder. Clearly, many of the characteristics of emotional immaturity align with certain features of narcissistic, antisocial, borderline, and histrionic personality disorders. These four personality disorders make up the cluster B, personality disorders, the dramatic erratic cluster. But those are considered fairly extreme manifestations of personality traits, like the personality disorders usually indicate extreme levels on the five-factor model. Now, emotional immaturity does rise to that level sometimes, in which case a person may be diagnosed with one or more of those personality disorders. But much of the time it's thought of as subclinical. So it can be somewhat distressing, 
but it's not really going to be the focus of treatment. Somebody doesn't necessarily need to see a mental health counselor just because the individual is a little emotionally immature. In this way, emotional immaturity has a closer relationship to the dark triad traits, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. The dark triad traits are considered subclinical, and we see quite a bit of overlap between these traits and emotional immaturity, although the overlap is certainly not perfect. For example, emotional immaturity is associated with being overly dependent on others. I talked about that before. That's not part of the dark triad traits. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Brightigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.